So uh, <laughs> I, I was talking to a girl. I was like, yo. She was like, oh, what what do you have to do during the Christmas period? I was like, no, I don't. I don't do anything. She was like, okay, let's exchange gift. Okay. That makes sense. I think a girl also said that too, to me too. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was I really happy yeah. because I'm not like a typical gift person, guy. right? Like, yeah, you don't, don't expect. Yeah, I don't yeah. expect anything. And I barely give things out. Yeah. Right? I was like, yo, that would be a great idea. So now I have to think what to get her. And, <laughs> but like, the problem is, do you know what I want for my Christmas gift? What is it? I already have a specific thing I want. Okay. Is the Rod uh, Podcast Pro mixer that they just recently released. And it's just $600. Well, you shouldn't be expecting that from anyone here. Why not? Anyways, I don't like, know. nobody even know what I was <laughs> so I shouldn't be expecting that, but I was just like hoping maybe someone would get me that. Anyway, so let's like, start a podcast. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. One, yes, two, one, two. This is the Other Room Podcast. The Other Room Podcast. Live and direct from BKK Thailand. And, and we are your host. My name is Joel, a.k.a. Authority. My name is Anthony. And this is our episode 46. Yes, Our episode yes, yes. 46. This is December. Christmas is coming. And this is our anniversary month. Yeah, sure. man. So we've been podcasting live for one whole year, yeah. like no break. No break, one year straight. Yeah, we've been giving our contents, we've been dissecting issues, we've been giving our opinions and whatnot. And I swear to God, not so many podcasts can be proud of one year. Yeah, without taking breaks break. off. Like yeah. Only very few, only very few, only very few podcasts. I'm definitely sure like our future listeners are really going to be appreciative of the effort and the resilience we put into creating content like weekly you can always look forward to an episode every week every that week. we're gonna that is drop certain. that is certain yeah is certain so before we go on let me just say congratulations to every graduating student of oh. my alma mater Stanford, oh, Stanford. University yeah I, yeah, yeah I saw I saw I don't even know I didn't know there. until know. today like yeah. a lot of people are graduating yeah. so yeah congratulations to all the students who are graduating today and to my friends and my classmates who finally made it through graduation. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm really appreciative of how you guys are putting the work in and managed to somehow graduate because a lot of my friends should have graduated like way back. It's been oh, two years since I graduated. Why? So what happened? Why well, you... a couple of them took breaks off, some failed classes, some so many things, man. I mean, like, I think right now, the zeal to study is not... People doesn't even feel like they want to study that much anymore. Yeah. Because of this entrepreneurship thing, like, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. You, you, can just, you don't even have to go to school to be like, to start doing something, start making money. And yeah. people started like, maybe school is actually a waste of time. You know, apart from the fact that people are starting to become more entrepreneur and putting those money into doing other things, I also feel like in the future, we might not even be deciding people who take a job by the level of qualifications they have, rather about their personality and their experience and the, the ability to work 
with other people and also their diversity because a lot of things are definitely changing in the society and I think rating or grading people based off, based off of educational qualifications is not going to be the future of recruitment. Yes. I think people, I don't know where they make the law like uh, you don't really have to be a graduate to apply for uh, to be qualified to, to apply for a job. So like qualification is not really a thing anymore. So if you actually know what you are applying for, so you just have to do it. Don't yeah, because there are even people who there are people who who went through college, who graduated and whatnot, that got jobs without submitting CV. Yeah. It's just based off of referrals. Yes, yes. That, that's a thing too. That someone just refers you to a company like, oh, I've known this person, I've worked with this person previously. They know what they're doing. doing. They'll yeah. fit right into what you want. So without even requesting for their CV or anything, yeah, like, yeah, you employed. just call them in yeah. and I'll just talk to them and they're employed. Without have no background check or anything, just because of referrals, you know? So that shows how much people are paying less attention to educational qualifications or experiences. Just once you get the right word from the right person saying this person can do it, then you probably get a job. I think so, very, very soon, being an academic, uh, academia is going to be a, a very a high time paid job. Yeah. Because if you have less educated people who are actually working any money, right? Yeah. So you have to be paid to be educated because nobody want to waste their time. And if you have to put in those work for research and things like that, that means you have to be paid enough money. And that comes with passion as well. Well, hopefully but, that that's the case because take it or leave it now, in the future, it's going to be machine learning and all of these uh, other yeah. things. So, that is coming, but there's, there's, there's some job machine learning cannot do. So that so, is what people will tell you. Like, very educated people will tell you, this is the kind of job you have to learn. That's some job that machine can do. That's some job machine cannot do. Yeah, definitely. Like, even in the future of academia, setting, I feel like setting... Uh, Faculties or area of specialization are definitely going to be, be yes, uh, be closed or be affected mainly yeah. by by technology and development of the world, such as uh, social sciences and arts are probably going to be affected, but more of uh, STEM is not going to be affected. More STEM uh, academia are going to get paid or academics yeah. are going to get paid because that's the future anyway. So social sciences and arts are going to be affected, and right now. Especially when it comes down to sport journalism, right? Yeah. A lot of newspapers have cut jobs. Yeah, because everybody because everybody's like reading news online, and also not the fact that you just cut jobs because people are reading online. There have also been places. There have also been jobs within journalism that people now use boats or robots and machine. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. all of this technology. To be able to predict and follow scores of yeah, games, forecast so, things, for, yeah. so you, they don't really need an actual person to do it. It's just like when you look at the NBA app, right? You are instantly updated Update, with, yeah. with everything that's going on with the game. So instead of having an actual journalist go through the minute by minute, minute play by yeah. play analysis and all of yeah, that, just, you can you just have, the have yeah have the stats and everything, and just something that would have required maybe two or three people to do. You just have one person. One person do it. Do, that not two or three. Like it requires like a lot of people to do it. Because like imagine if they have ten games in different state, that means that requires different things, you know, uh, different uh, people to report. Yeah, at least ten or twenty. 
but you just have TV. Someone is just in in a room watching all the game, just update, updating the the hope the whole thing. You can just be on the apps, just know what is going on. Yeah, the Associated Press is already using this uh, kind of technology, so they too have also caught jobs, and most local newspapers have caught jobs too because they just get everything from the Associated Press and whatnot. And don't be, and don't be surprised. I don't know. I'm going to predict this and I'm going to leave this in two, three, four, five years to come, right? Nobody's going to read blog anymore. A lot of people don't even read blogs anyway these <laughs> days. But yeah. Blog, like blogging has, to me, I feel like blogging is really overrated. Because I don't really see myself being like, oh, I want to go read these certain blogs. And, and yeah, that brings us to to the big elephant in the room. <laughs> in the room. Yeah. So <laughs> since we were just talking about blogging, right? Yeah. Let's talk about Linda Ikeji. Linda who's Ikeji, like yes. A, a billionaire blogger in Nigeria. Yes. How you make a lo- that much money from blogging in Nigeria, I don't know. And I was reading in news that Osford university are trying to uh, give us some sort of award for contributing to English language. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I was reading <laughs> some news because on Facebook. Personally, I've never... <laughs> I don't know how true that was. I've never visited Linda Ikeji's blog. Me too. I've never. And Even when I see t- people sharing it, I don't click If the you're link. telling me Linda Ikeji's blog made her a billionaire, I'm not disputing that. I'm just like, you know, trying to push forward the conversation. That then what happens to how, what's Stella DeMarco Coco's uh, worth? Because she too is a really good blogger that has a lot of traffic. Yeah. And then we can also talk about Sahara Reporter. Their website attracts a lot of traffic Millions of traffic. Especially with the kind of news and exposés that they they regularly have. So how have they not been able to monetize it into a billion dollar media enterprise? A billion naira media enterprise. I don't like trust me, so, man. Everybody so knows I don't really feel like I, I don't know many people who can say that they visit Linda Cage's blog every day. No. You know, come on, man. So you know what how do you make that much money from I'm, I'm, I don't know. She's not the truth. She know the truth. I don't she know. She don't make that money. But from. then Nigeria is what Nigeria is. So what? You know? Like first of all, we have to convert the analytics of uh, web analytics. How many do you end by just a click? A click. A click. Yeah. And then is your website in top ten of Google or Most SEO? Visited, yeah. That is the thing. Like I don't just believe she can't even say that. To a reasonable person. No, the thing with Nigeria is that once you have money and you're able, you're a socialite, and you find a way to stay away from troubles. <laughs> yeah, just look at you. You know, you have people like KC come out and criticize um, Horse Puppy because he's a controversial guy, or Otumba yeah. Cash and these other guys. But then, why has nobody ever questioned E Money? How E Money made his money? Yeah. Yeah, because he's sharing money. He's, he's a socialite. He's going to these shows. How did E Money make money? Nobody <laughs> talks about it. Like Nigerians are, are on his page, begging for, begging money, for money like yeah. every time. We've talked about this. But what has it? What did week. he really do to have the money he has? Like they don't give a shit as long pers- as he's giving. Personally, I just feel he's hypocritical because personally, I don't care about how you make your money or anything. That's not 
mind to scrutinize. I don't have those conversations. But it's just that when Nigerians push push forward this conversation about certain persons or personalities, I feel like then let's extend these conversations to everybody else. Let's talk about Tompolo. Let's talk about Ayuri, Mami. You know, every, yeah, let's, let's just take it above board to include everybody. So, yeah, to come back to the big elephant in the room, Linda Ikeji made the headlines. Oh, yeah. Tell people, let them hear. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably read the things. Uh, Linda Ikeji got pregnant earlier in the year. She informed everybody and I don't think a lot of people were happy for her though because of the things she said in the past and the kind of message she's preached to to young women and ladies. So it was a little bit kind of oxymoronic and a lot of people dragged her for it, take it or leave it because of the things she's preached about and how they felt her actions are not in consonance with her words. So she gave birth, everybody congratulated her, and then that's it. So suddenly she popped up again a few days ago in our social consciousness. First, I feel like she's seeking attention. And in all of this, in all of this, she wants herself to be dragged so that she can make money from it. Yeah. Because she owns the platform from which she put her message, her message. out, her words out. And a lot out. of people was uh, commending her for doing that. And that so, was like a snake move to me. She goes, every traffic or anything goes back to her to page. Her, yeah. Because whatever screenshot was made, was made from her. And people go, so basically, I feel like it's a PR stunt. Take it or leave it. I don't feel like she owes anybody an explanation at this Nobody, point. Everybody knows the truth. Nobody <laughs> requested for an explanation or anything. We don't want to know how you fall in love, Linda. I, I feel, don't give a shit. I feel like Linda is a vile person. She is. Like, she basically has no human dignity. Especially the way she has covered other people. The way she has dragged other people's personality and image through the mud. So she doesn't even have self-respect or regard for herself. Because at this point, she made herself a victim yes. of bullying. <laughs> like nobody's asking you for explanations. We don't need it. We don't need it. Like what happened has happened. How you got pregnant, it's nobody's fucking business. Not, not even after when people actually know the truth. Yeah. A lot of people know what went down. So you, don't, you don't really have to explain how you drove from like uh, for two hours to, to get a D. Nobody gives a shit. There's just too much to unpack <laughs> from, from Linda. Too much of stuff that you can analyze from how she fell pregnant, how she drives to his place, how, when. And at the end of the day, it also implicates these guys and the ruling elite or ruling class in the sense that when Linda met this guy, three, four years ago, he lived in a three-bedroom apartment in a in an obscure area of Ikoi. But 2018, this guy is already a billionaire. Wow. So how do you explain <laughs> that queen transition? <laughs> when this guy 
is not known for any groundbreaking technology, yeah, innovation, no investment. investment, oil, or anything. So you got to explain, like, how did he make his money? Billion Naira within three years. Wow. When he That's met. crazy. Yeah, exactly. Because that also implicates the dude. And I don't really want to go into all of that. I just want to concentrate more on Linda. Because I feel it's weird that she decided to come out and offer explanations when nobody is asking for explanation. Yeah, I mean, like, I can I can see her, her point. Like, as a content creator, right? you yourself, you put yourself through shit just for you to be able to talk about something. Right? I normally do this. I go out every day looking for content. Look Like, just, I want something to happen to me so that I could be able to talk about it. But the difference is, I don't dis- we don't discuss people on this podcast like uh, going at people, mm-hmm. going at their own business. But most of the things we t- discuss is always like our personal experience, just give our hot, our hot take on issue that is happening, right? Yeah. We don't put people dirty laundry out. Yeah, throw people under yeah, the bus. And or trying to or be not. the Osage of, <laughs> of podcast. We don't do that. Yeah, but the sometimes... Osage of loose talks. <laughs> we don't want to be the Osage of loose talks. <laughs> so, anyways, but in a way, like, content-wise, maybe, but that is really not how you 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 unpack story when you're trying to uh, do something, like when, you, when you're trying to create content. Everybody has already known Linda has been a controversial person. Yep. Fact. So there's something you just have to let go. There's some story. you, And this story, she would have even made more money from this story if she just let people build on the... Uh, like, leave people suspicious. Like, just just let people build yeah. the story. Build certain imaginations e- exactly. or fictions from, from the story whole thing, without yeah. offering anything and out. And if you just let people build it, then when you're trying to talk the story, you might get even paid. Yeah, you get more traction from it. You might Definitely. even write a book on this shit. But she just, she don't have the long time vision. You know, everything, uh, nah, anyhowness. According to WF, anyhowness. You know, that's how <laughs> things are doing in Nigeria. It's a lot of anyhowness. You know, and personally, I felt that the issue of Linda AKG, right? No, wait, before I even go back to that, I feel like a lot of Nigerians on Twitter are too opinionated. I start, I'm start, like, right now, I'm hearing every post on Twitter. Like, people, just, like, basically, <laughs> there are people on Twitter who basically talk about every trending topic or everything. God damn it. At least like, have you, don't need, you don't need to drop your opinion on everything. On everything, exactly. Even especially on this podcast, we don't talk about everything. We have to like choose certain, certain things to talk exactly, about. Yeah. It's not because there are not many stuff to talk about. There are a lot. And apart from day. that, we only do this once every week. week. At least. But there are people on Twitter that every day they got something to say about everything. Like, at least for once, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just read and close it. I mean, like, I don't know. You know, when the whole Linda's uh, saga and everything just dropped, going through my timeline, everything is Linda, Linda, I think we've Linda, talk, we talked Linda. about this, right? We talked about how the vi- uh, viral virus, as soon as you create this 
online persona, right? Yeah. You went viral for the first time. You want to keep up. You want up. to keep, yeah. That's what people are doing. That's exactly what they're doing. You want to keep up. And a guy actually asked me, well, what happened? Like, she was like, uh, DM me on, on Twitter. I was like, what happened with Linda uh, Ikeja? I was like, and I, I tried to break it down mm-hmm. for Hannah, explain what happened, the way she screwed, uh, go after baby mamas, and now she's one of them. Do you know what the girl said? She's just like, Nigerians are hypocrite. That's it. That's what it is. I was like, you don't have to generalize us. I mean, like, just say some Nigerians are hypocrite. Yeah, I get it. Like, you just create that yeah. um, respect for certain people. But a lot of Nigerians are very hypocritical. Yeah. When it comes down to religion, when it comes down to the kind of politics we exactly, practice, yeah. it's it's hypocrisy, you know? There is no consistency, consistency of actions or words. And that's definitely one of the problems we have when it also comes down to our politicians. So I really got pissed at a point that everybody's talking about Ligda and KG. Like, just let her rest. Let like, her go. Even people who got nothing to say about nothing have something to say about <laughs> Linda. Like, for oh, you know, she might be who she is and whatnot, but we need to give her a break. You know, I mean, there's some people, there's something that doesn't even deserve attention at all. And once you give attention to such a thing, yo, you're promoting it. Like, I only even heard about that shit when you uh, sent me the screenshot. Yeah. And that was where it ended. I never tried to research or do read more because the story nah. was incomplete as well. I never tried to read the whole story. I, I didn't even try to do anything about I never it. Tried, but nah. on Facebook, I said, like, people started posting random things. This, that, I was like, okay. I, don't, I haven't I even that, logged onto Facebook. I know that Linda weeks, bullshit. So yeah. I'm not, so I'm not here just, for it. Nah, it's just, it's just crazy. And I like the way my Twitter is. Very limited people. I can only see what you repost, what you re, uh, retweet. Yeah. I only see what junk. Like, only few people. I, I, like, think, I love it. I think maybe I throughout the whole Linda's. Uh, Thingy, I maybe I reposted or retweeted maybe two or three tweets about the whole thing because it was just disgusting. It was just the timeline was just messed up, and then you know people were always waiting to feed into negativity. Oh yeah, they took all that took out that time to go right at Yoruba men because really? they, yeah because they thought <laughs> because they thought his oh, baby daddy is is oh, a Yoruba guy oh, oh, oh the demon is alive yeah so without knowing that the guy is actually an Ishekiri man that is Yoruba too we have to talk about so this yeah yeah Shikiri, somehow yeah yeah whatever Just, you know, know and immediately they discovered it's Ishekiri <laughs> then they were like oh Toke Makinwa's uh, ex too is also Ishekiri so. Oh. The Shakiris are the new demon. Demon, <laughs> but, it, you know, but it's the part of Yoruba. They're technically like, Yoruba because there is a lot of similarities in the culture and the language and everything. So it's like they are even much more closer to the Ilajes and Ishakiri we share more like, with them. Ishakiri is the Ilaje you speak wrong, and Ilaje is the Ishakiri you speak wrong. It's like opposite. Like mm-hmm. they're so like I, I I can hear and understand every Ishakiri. Everything I can hear and I understand it. Anyway, so I don't even know the. I thought he was your battle. Because by from the name. So do you want to continue on Linda's or nah, man, you have nah. something else to talk about? Yeah, if you're just joining us, this is the Other Room Podcast. podcast. 
And uh, we're in the studio right now. We're podcasting straight live from Bangkok, Thailand. Thailand. My name is Anthony. And my name is Joel. Yo, that's what's up. This is episode 46. 46. That's so, right. So yeah, let's talk about something we'd always like to talk about it, Why which is, is politics. Oh God. Okay. Let's talk about <laughs> politics. Did you did you did you I find time to watch no, the Nigerian VP debates? I don't. Okay, I went to bed very early on on Friday. I told you, right? Yes. So I didn't even know there was a debate. So when I woke up, I knew there was a debate, but I was like, I nah, didn't know. I didn't know. Nah. I thought the debates were next year, before nah. right before the election. You know why I really lose the whole entire interest on the debate? I want presidential debate, not a fucking vice president debate. No, it, it still makes sense. It How? Makes what sense? sense? We've argued about vice presidency and vice president on this podcast. They just human figure. That is what he said. So I don't yeah. want to be sitting and listening to what uh Sibanjo, whatever he said. I don't. It's not my thing. Continue anyway. So basically, I watch. I saw Twitter was blowing up about the debates, so I decided to to watch it on YouTube. It was on YouTube too. Yeah, it was. Full... It was a, yeah. The full thing was on YouTube on okay. Channels TV, and there were, so I just decided to watch through Channel TV. So I think my takeaways are pretty similar to a lot of the takeaways which um, other people have talked about on Twitter and other platforms, and okay. have written about. First, as someone who has a background in debating. It's commendable that um, Peter Obi used a lot of statistics. Okay. Yeah. In yeah. His, I, 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 his, I see um, people trying to like it prove, is the prove him wrong. Yeah. One of the problems with using statistics in debates is that it can backfire against you. Yes. It can be used Stats against you. all the you. time. And you have to give a lot of margin for errors and shit like that. And you know when you, and that's one thing. And also when you're throwing numbers out, just randomly throwing numbers, you need to <laughs> fact check you, man. You need to be able to state why those numbers are important to your conversation or what you're trying to drive at. And when you throw too many numbers out there, it just becomes a number. Yeah, it becomes nominal. Like there is no, it becomes very passive. There is no influence to what you're doing because all you're doing is throwing numbers. Numbers, yeah. Oh. China, this number. Mauritius, this number. South Africa, this number. At the, at the point, a lot of us are not mathematically smart. Yeah. Like, we don't care about numbers. If a lot of us really care about numbers, we'll be coders. We'll be programmers. <laughs> it's true. A lot of Nigerians don't care about numbers. And when you're throwing these numbers out there, like numbers on everything, it backfires. And now... The next day, especially for a vice presidential debate, yeah. it's gonna get fact checked by the media. Sure, sure. And every They're other person. Yeah. So and when there's just a little bit, maybe one percent or 0.5 percent differential in the number you throw out there, it's gonna be fact checked as yeah, inaccurate. That, yeah, that becomes a lie. So that moment your credibility is affected. So that's one of the pitfalls of throwing numbers out there. And at the same time, it's also good when you use numbers, but you don't have to use them anytime. I felt it's like not you excessively, used them too yeah. much, too much excessively. That's one of the things. Secondly, 
a lot of the vice presidential uh, candidates, I felt like they were either unprepared or they were just terribly bad. I think they're ter- both. I think it's both. Because, and again, I think this debate is too, too early for me. I don't know because like, I think we just choose Obi when. Okay, like six weeks ago. And do you think he will be prepared for a debate? But Obi is a politician. He's and for Obi to to want to do that, I think it's something he's always known that okay, this opportunity might come. But okay. the thing I fault, especially the thing I that can make me stand up for the other VP uh, candidates is the fact that these guys are lesser known parties. A lot of them do not know. If they were going to be part of that debate. Debate, okay. And the Broadcasting Organization of Nigeria just released the timetable of those who who were going to be on the debate. Like, three or four days Days, ago. yeah. And there was a lot of backlash. Exactly, that Shawure was not included. And Faladro Tuye is not included. And Donald Duke. Duke just got kicked out of the presidential... Yeah, he's getting replaced by Professor Jerry Ghana. Yeah. So, all of that. So, a lot of these guys do not even know if they were going to be part of the debate. But affirmatively, we can say that APC and PDP knew they were going to be there. Yeah, that that is is fact. And they showed that they were competent enough to be there. Like, I felt like both of them stood up for for themselves very well. But the others... I can hold brief for them that they didn't know they were going to be part yeah. because who expected that Shawore's party was not going to be part of that debate? Shawore has been preparing for this shit for, for forever. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I I don't know, man, because a lot of people kind of faulted uh, OBA Sequisili for her vice presidential candidate. I think it was a really bad, terrible job. But at the same time, I can make the case that maybe they didn't know they were going to make it, so they weren't really prepared to I mean, articulate like, their their agenda or their case. And also, I felt like, as someone who has watched a lot of American presidential and vice debate, presidential yeah. debates, I felt like the opposition parties should have gone on the offensive a lot. It's something they didn't do. They were just so passive that now I'm starting to believe you know, the conspiracy theory that these other parties, these other mushroom parties they might be working for, are a- working APC. for the APC. Yeah, that might be true. Because this is exactly the moment to speak the mind of Nigerians, the electorates, and tear down whatever propaganda the, the government the, is yeah, trying, to, trying to spread to spread and I felt like it was only OB who spent the time doing that and something else especially for, for educated Nigerians who care about policies and how things are being articulated and how policies are being formulated is that there are questions I think okay tactically this was the smart thing that Oshibanjo was doing when there is a question that Osibanjo cannot answer, answer, you know what he does? What? He goes back to blaming PDP for 16 years. Oh, God. So Ties that's becoming so redundant. Yes, exactly. So that was his ways of getting out of difficult situations when he cannot really articulate the plans that they have. Instead of saying, I don't know, 
No, yeah, I cannot like answer this at this point. <laughs> blame it on he goes PDP. back to blaming PDP <laughs> for 16 years. Oh, and forgetting that a lot of the politicians in, P- in APC today are, are former PDP members. Oji Uzokalu yeah, and yeah, all these guys. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. They are former PDP members. So for Nigerians who really know our hi- recent history, who are educated, they know these things. But for people in the villages who don't even know there was a vice presidential debate, that's problematic. Because there are a lot of Nigerians who didn't know there was a VP debate. If not for Twitter, I wouldn't have known. But yeah. I guess we can make the case that I was not in Nigeria, so I don't know I what was going on. a lot of Nigerians on. know, though. A lot of Nigerians know, but I, I, I'm definitely sure that 80% of my village didn't watch the debate. Facts, for sure. Yeah. And at least that's about 10,000 votes out yeah. there for the next four I mean, years. Like, the- Trust me, do you think Nigerians need uh, debates to decide who they want to vote for? That's the only problem I have. I see like, uh, I see on on Twitter, my friend, who is actually like campaigning like uh, on social media for a young presidential candidate, at the same time retweeting the conspiracy behind uh, the numbers uh, Obi was throwing around. So people who are actually working for PDP, like the social media influencers, which are the Eurobans, right? Working for a- APC. They started saying, if you compare Nigeria economy uh, to Chinese economy, to China's economy, why can't you compare the how uh, China government uh, killed most of the, the corrupt politicians? But then... But this is the two things. The thing is... We can the compare economy, but we don't have to... The system of government we operate and our laws doesn't permit need that. to change for that to happen. To hap- it doesn't yeah, permit, it doesn't that. permit that. Yeah. And that's one. And secondly, if that's going to be the case, a lot of APC politicians <laughs> are going to die too, starting from Ganduje. So, I mean, that is they, so... at the end of the day, they had to pick their poison. Exactly. Because it's either you agree with uh, will be making comparisons with developing nations like Rwanda or developed countries like China or you don't agree if you don't agree and you feel like there is no relevance to China or you're picking apart making a red herring case then if we're going to apply the same rules or how China tried to kill corruption to Nigeria we'll probably have very few politicians living very, even very to few. the very young ones yes very few very okay, that's okay. Let's not even go to the extreme. Let us use Ogun or Batala <laughs> Shango. Shango to swear in politicians into office. Let us start from there. No, let us start. Hey, do you think we have any politician in Nigeria? Still money. Let's not even do it the Chinese way. Let Let's us do use our these own gods. Way. Okay, in every part of Nigeria, there's a Amadiyaha. local god that yeah. people swear. Let's use Amadiyaha. In Elijah, where we come from. We have Ayelala, Ayelala which is Let politicians dreadful. within the Ondo South Senatorial Zone, let them use Ayelala to swear before they get into political position. Let's see the outcome. If they will even be able to swindle just one Naira without dying. I, mean, I just have a problem with so, Nigerians rushing to social media to, like, to defend you know, head. It just comes down to the fact that back in the days where we see clergy... We see priests, we see pastors, reverends as very honorable and noble people. Nah, not anymore. But I think to a big extent, 
Osibanjo has shown us that it's all a myth that these people are just as bad as worse as every or other politicians that Nigerians yes. have ever yes. had. Yes. Because I've I, during my days working uh, uh interning at NTO Okitipupa, I know back then the chairman of Okitipupa local government is a pastor <laughs> in Redeemed Church. Church. I, I can't remember his name at this point. He was swindling the money of the local government too. So that was my first experience at pastors leading or being in a political position and actually stealing money. I mean, I, I just I think um Nigerians, like Nigerian pastors, they believe stealing money is not a sin. Yeah, as long as you pay your tithe. Yeah, it's not a sin to them. Because what... if stealing money is a sin, they will never take anything from the from the politicians. Yep. You know, while we're talking about the debates, something that came to my notice that it's very important for me to speak about before we talk about any other thing, is why, especially why I asked you that if you've seen, if you watch the, the debate. debate. Because with the channel's TV uh, file that's on YouTube, it has the full debate with the commercials. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it has the full debate with commercials, which is actually good. So when it gets to the commercials, okay. I... I just forwarded. But before I came to search for that, for the debate on YouTube, I saw it on Twitter that someone posted that, oh, it's so ironic or oxymoronic that VP or Sibanjo uh -huh. was talking about End Power, which is the program that where they give 10,000 naira to... To market people? Is it? That's, to the oh, youth. that's no, no, trader no. money. Yeah, yeah, that's trader. Okay. Empower is like, I don't know what Empower is. I've heard about it, but I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's about a program where I think the I think they pay the teachers or whatnot or oh. or members for like thirty k per month for doing what? I don't know. They pay them money anyway for like they are employed by the government for a certain amount of time. Okay, so, so okay. that is a temporary. Yeah, it's more like temporary thing that they're doing. So they had a guy from Ilaje as the main subject of the interview. Oh. So he was the one speaking that, oh, he introduced himself, his name, he's from Odonla. Okay. So he was saying the things that Empower has done in his community and all of these things. And I just feel like, are you fucking bugging? Like... You're using all this, you're talking about all these lofty things that you feel that Empower has done within your community. Forgetting that some of us come from this from area. From the same community, too. right? And we know that this we know whole the truth. thing, that you're lying on national TV about these things. So just imagine that. Because he was a pawn. Yeah, he's just in be, he's he's definitely being used as a pawn. Because That's what he is, yeah. You you are definitely lying about the impact of end power in your community when you definitely know this program or this social welfare thing has no impact, impact on whatsoever. your father, your mother, your community people, members, and anything. But you decide to go out there to lie in front of the cameras 
that is being broadcasted worldwide to like so look let's just say nationwide to the whole of Nigerians. I just feel like something is fundamentally wrong. I mean, like that is the only problem I have with Nigerians. Like, as as long as they can they can find something to eat, so, as long as they're getting paid. I actually wanted way, to search. I actually wanted to search for the video and cue it for you to watch it. I even feel like the guy's face looks familiar to me. I only watch it once. I feel like if I watch it more, yeah, you more, might remember. I, where I, I will definitely him, yeah. know where I, I I remember where I know him from. That I. I definitely know this guy. That so I just crazy. feel like it's so disingenuous how people have become Empower. so easy to be used by politicians, even against their own oh. immediate community. Come on, man. It's not about so the how, fact that I'm, Okay, okay, let's let's even break this whole thing down, right? We say the say is threatening the, the same local government, this asshole is coming out that the empower is is benefiting people actually, right? Like that's even the most immediate um, threat we face. That's not the most immediate threat the people like, of Elijah face. I, I can I can swear to this. Like Elijahs are very hardworking. They don't rely on government subsidy or whatsoever to survive. That's why we survive for this, years without this, even electricity. All this whole trader money and power. All this we don't stuff. need it. Honestly, it, okay. Now let's even break this down. VP Osibaja is giving 9800 to market women as a way of funding their business. <laughs> 9000 What? Okay, Nine, come to... Let's, just, let's localize this to, to Ilaje. The Ilaje people are, are predominantly fish farmers. Fish, yeah. They are into fishing. Okay, if, every family basically has a fisherman. Every, most yes. families. yes. So if you are looking towards giving 9,800 or 10,000 naira to every family, that basically goes back into the fishing business. Yeah. So now for a fisherman that a fisherman that decides to go into the sea to fish, right? Every day, maybe 5 days in a week or 6 yeah, days in a week. Probably 6 days. What can 10,000 naira do for that family? At least a fisherman needs 50 liters of petroleum. Of petrol, yeah. $10,000 does not even buy 50 <laughs> liters of petroleum for one fishing and, expedition no, no, a and day. They, and they need two and half. Yes. Two and half. That is, at, at least they need like... So what does $10,000 like do for a family 125 in liters just to go and come back. A family of three, father, mother, and a child cannot, I repeat, cannot leave on 10,000 naira for two weeks in the Niger local government. Ah. Because things are almost twice the price it is in Lagos. In Lagos, yeah. Because you have to go to Lagos, purchase and come back. And, and come back, then bring it on the, on waters. Waters. Then you have to resell. Then, come on, man. So all of, before you move all of that cost and your own gain, before you make the break-even point price and all of these things, it's already way high. 10,000 Naira cannot feed a family of three for two weeks. Nah. So how does impossible. that fund the yeah. business? I mean, do Elijah people even receive this? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I, I definitely some people receive the Empower funds, right? Which is 30K per month or thereabout. But for a youth who has a family who's receiving that or is a beneficiary of this Empower, 
Yeah. Can that even take care of the family for a month? Nah. Considering where they live and the community and the economic part of that community. Yeah. I don't well, I I don't know. Since we're not in Nigeria, I don't know what has been going down there, but from what we've been seeing on social media. This is not even about APC. Let's remove APC from the picture. The Nigerian political elite has weaponized poverty. Yeah, that is how they because get Because when you keep the people poor, well, you can, they, they, they you control will them. always have to come to you to yeah. feed. Yeah. And then he who pays the piper detects the tune. Yeah, that is fact. That is fact. And they're doing that intentionally. Yeah. That's it. That, that is it. It's, it's that basic that you have to keep the people impoverished for you to control them. Yeah. Okay, that, that, Asu, that. okay, Asu is being on strike for six weeks. There was not one question about education during that debate. Are you kidding me? Not one question about debate, about education. So if you're thinking about, okay, we want to take this country to the next level, what do you need? You need human capital. Oh, How God. do you raise human capital education? Thank How God do I you prepare the next, the next generation. generation of coders, programmers, engineers, journalists, And now that scientists. the world is even leading towards the uh, uh, technologies, like very soon technology is going to take over everything. And Nigeria is goddamn not prepared. We're not, we don't even have like the, the university in Nigeria, don't even have a working computer. You know, I think we need to change the name of this podcast. To what? <laughs> because we are always ranting on this podcast. We're basically ranters. Like that's what we do on this podcast. But when it comes to politics, though, so <laughs> it's because when for a lot of Nigerians, when they hear the other room podcast, yeah, the when they hear like, the other room, it's like just normal gossip. Uh, they gossip. think it's just more about a sexual podcast. Oh yeah, that, that because, makes sense too. Because the connotation of yeah, how Buharum, Buhari, yeah, made oh my wife belongs to the other room yeah, and yeah, my yeah. kitchen. <laughs> that, so that makes sense too. There's always that symbolic attachment that oh the other room is kind of sexualized. Yeah, but here we're just here pouring out our frustration and ranting about and the reason it? we're oh, we're frustrated and we're always ranting is because we feel like there's a potential for greatness in Nigeria, a lot. That we see this in with other smaller nations, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, Rwanda, and other places. And we feel like Nigeria can be even better. Do have you ever like you've met we've we've met a lot of girls who said like Nigerians are way too smart? Yep. Fact. Fact. Big fact. Can't you think we can actually translate that into a very, very good thing? But you definitely need a right atmosphere to be able to do that. The government does not provide that. So a government does not that does not provide the right atmosphere for people for people to prosper and or thrive. How do you how does that happen? Okay, we talk about we talked about co-working spaces and, and yeah. innovative hubs and all of these things before the podcast started. How many of that do we even have in Nigeria? Do we even have a Young standard coffee shop. Young programmers and coders are afraid to go out with their computers Computer because, because of, of SaaS. So they, how do you get people to create the next technology when you don't have the the conducive atmo- uh, environment or atmosphere for that? 
That's why we are losing a lot of our that. talented and young human capital, such as doctors and and scientists and all of these to other countries, such as the UK and Canada. And, Canada. and in the past, we've lost a lot of them to the US. I mean, like... The new generation, we are losing them to UK come and to Canada. Th- come to think of it, do you know how hardworking Nigerians are? Do you know how it's like committed Nigerians are to, to, to study? There was a time I went to Owo before I traveled, right? To see Francis, Mataya and the rest, right? Yeah. When you see the environment in which those guys studies, right? Yeah. And when it's exam period, how they stay up whole night... Lighting Just candles. Just fucking study for exam. I studied with the candles at Ocean State Polytechnic in Iray. If they do the same thing in this country, they will graduate with A, 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 A. Nothing can stop that. You know, I tell people that it doesn't matter where... I've, I've shared this very close people. It doesn't matter where I study when I, once I'm abroad. Even if it's Harvard... Even if it's Duke, Kentucky, or oh god or damn it, you remind whatever. me. Of, you remind me of this. I've I've been in two different universities that I studied abroad. I've been able to maintain a first class, no matter where. Say, I'll be able to keep that standard. I had, but this. if it's Nigeria, I will never be able to make a second second class. I I, I had this conversation with someone. They say, yeah, uh, before you be admitted into uh, Harvard, you have to do this, invest this. I was like, yo, I was like, yo. Trust me, send me to Harvard, right? I will be out with a, with something reasonable, with nothing less than three points. It's it's all it's always about the environment, and especially when you thrust. When you face with challenges, when you improve. Yes, when you thrust into those kind Come of situations, on, you got to step up. Personal example: when I first joined, when I got into grad school, my very first semester. I graduated bachelor's with a first class. So my very first semester, I was going through difficulties because now this is like raising it to the next yeah, level. To the next level yeah. So I was starting to doubt myself that, can I really do this? <laughs> is this the next thing for me? Am I mentally ready for this? Like, this is too much. Like, I can't take this. But then I kept reminding myself that I have a scholarship. A half scholarship. I have to be able to meet up with to this. A certain- to a yeah. certain, like, I have yeah. to be able to prove to them that, that yeah, where I'm this, coming yeah. from, that I deserved it. So what did I do? I stepped my game up. I just kept it high that I knew, okay, now you have to be able to justify that your first degree where you got a first class was it, not yeah. by mistake or that the other university had a lower standard. No, you need to also be able to prove to these other ones that you can take it to the next level too when you're under pressure. And I've been able to do that. I was successfully able to do that for two years of my grad school. So I feel like that happens to a lot more Nigerians too, that if they are thrust into that situation where they need to step their game up, they will definitely do They that. will definitely raise the bar. And even my, like, okay, my, my bachelor, like my bachelor, I was like, it was like, yeah, it was all like fun, having fun, going out every night, getting drunk, <laughs> right? Most of the exam with, Hangover and shit. I don't really give a shit at that moment, right? But when I started my grass guy, I was like, what's up? And then I see how it goes like, yo, it's not really because most of the things are I'm actually doing is the thing I've learned before from NIT. Right? 
Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, it's not really that difficult, but you can't do the same way you did uh, with your bachelor. There's no going out every night, getting drunk. But at, at the same time, I was like, yeah, I got to step things up. I have to prove, like, there's one of my lecturers, he was like, yeah, is there anything you cannot do? I know what's so funny, right? We gave a presentation. My team prepared the presentation. And this guy yeah. has been preparing for that presentation for two weeks. And they gave me the presentation. I just run through it before we present. Yeah. For probably one hour. And then they presented first. Then I, I have to close up everything. And then the way I, pre- I presented the whole thing, and it was like, dude. How did you do how that? How do you do this? We've been with this for two weeks, and you just get it for one hour, and you killed it. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I because like... I've learned it before. Or maybe because it's nothing new to me. When Nigerians are faced with um, with difficult situation, this is not even about oh ethnocentrism or anything. When Nigerians are faced with this difficult uh, situations, st- it becomes it becomes a fulfillment of yeah. the of the biblical verse that iron sharpens iron. iron. Difficult situations bring out the best in us. We would def- we can definitely thrive and become one of the best, best nations nation in, the in the world. Why not? Because think, well, our ruling of- elite is our major Achilles heel. Our elite are the biggest problem we have in that country. And it's the same thing that is applicable to a lot of more other countries in Africa too. Yeah. You go down to Cameroon, it's the same thing. You go down to Togo, oh, that's a, it's an even, even sad state out there. So to a lot more countries in Africa, I that's mean, like, what's happening. There's, there's, no developed, there's no one developed nation in this, in this world that there's, there's no one Nigeria behind their own thing. I heard before, one of the best doctors in South Africa was a Nigerian. Peter Odili actually has a hospital in, in, in South Africa. Lucky Igbinedion, the Igbinedion family has a hospital in South Africa too. Yeah, and, and one of their best judge too. I don't know which country that the, the, uh, the their judge has to be like the... Was it... Uh, I think maybe Gambia or Gambia something. Gambia or something yeah. like, like that. Yeah, top like, judge, yeah. The Nigerian. I was like... Yeah. Come on, we're everywhere. We, I don't know, man. I like... I hate talking about politics. Yeah, I, swear well, I don't know so much now. about politics, but I don't like talking about it as well. Well, if you're just joining us, this is the Other Room Other podcast. podcast. So we're welcoming it's... all our new listeners and saying thank you to all of our old po- listeners for listening to the podcast. And this is our anniversary podcast uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. This. Yeah, we still have one more though. So probably one more episode to really talk about the, the one-year journey. You have to be prepared yeah, for man. this. <laughs> I swear to God, because you, no, no. Come to think of it, you're taking this whole. How 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 do we start it? So just a simple idea. Yeah. But you made it not so much of a simple idea. Right now, you're trying to make a career out of this. Fact. You wrote your thesis on this shit. Fact. Which was like, come on, man. Yeah, the journey is not just. It's not just. A journey. It is, yeah, it's very important. It's become very pivotal to our life. Yeah. yeah. It's not just a journey anymore. Right. It's not just like something we just sit. Now we know so much about the podcast culture. We like... We, yeah. yeah we basically consume, crush podcast data and whatnot yeah. and analytics out there. 
So I think we have to talk more about this. Yeah. Uh, how the journey started. And I'd like, I know, I know the journey is the, the, the future is bright for the podcast anyway. So you are, you 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 will be holding down your own parts on the application de- development side. I will be holding that shit down. Sad. So you know, we got no worries. So what else do you want to talk about? Well, I guess we can call it a night. It's already oh, yeah, like it's already yeah. Already I, an I hour. Need, I need some chicken in my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> just before we go, man, I just have to say this, man. Can you fucking drop the Twitter and drop your motherfucking phone, man? Fuck Kanye. You're phony, nigga. You're phony. Fuck. Kanye. Kanye. Well, I've never been a Kanye fan anyway, so fuck I was, Kanye. I was. I was. Man. He I needs was, to fucking drop the motherfucking phone. That, that nigga is bugging. Big time. Big time. That, I don't know. Like He's I, having a meltdown. That's you it. Know, you know what I'm thinking, right? I, I don't have anything against people who are going through mental illness or who have... Insult. I think... The story now is becoming so redundant to me. I don't want to see you. If you have mental illness, we know you deserve. I really like how Drake is handling this, man. Yeah. Drake is smart. When all when when Kanye was just going off on Twitter with all these whole tweets just, and whatnot. You want emojis he just put, like yeah, crying. emoji like, <laughs> like crying, whether, like, crying or laughing on, on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, where to go, champagne papi? Where to go? I mean like. Drake is not is not the most loved rapper is that as a homer too, mm-hmm. but everybody knows he's corny in his own way. But he's really smart when it comes to handling Kanye West. And Kanye West is so stupid, he doesn't even know that. And Pusha is not gonna help in this way because there's no beef because, coming. Especially when you listen to <laughs> Push on the Joe Buddy podcast. He's, he, you know that Push feel like if it's some type of way, it feels some yeah. type of way like. You're either with the team or you're not with, with the, the team. team. If you yeah. want to be with the other guys, then be with them. So right now, Push has just been like, yo. Yeah, you got to wear his option. Do him you know? dirty. Yeah. That's what Push is like. Like, Drake, just do him dirty. Because you either stick with your team or you're not with your team. And as much as you still give so much traction and attention to, to Drake, to Drake that means you're not with your that team. That means you're not with your team. And that's one of the things I gained from that episode of the Joe Budden podcast that featured it's just it's just taking like a consigning validation from Drake so bad so I don't know man I, I mean don't. you have your boy like just keep it don't give a shit what Drake is doing just do your teams handle your team damn as yo I, I read through the whole tweet I was like I'm not ready for this I don't how can you even read the whole tweet like it's like no. A tweet is dropping every 30 minutes or every hour. <laughs> Do I listen to Hot 97? <laughs> we actually read everything out. I was just like, okay. There was just too much. Like, I had oh. to keep up with it on Twitter because I don't follow him and I don't even want to nah, see, I don't see any things on my timeline. Yeah. I didn't even know something like that was going on, not on the cars. Twitter yeah, yeah, real life yeah. cars. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, there's something going on. It's so a meltdown, man. Seen some blogs and shit like that. I was like, oh no, this is Kanye Twitter finger again. I just like, yo, Snoop is my big homie. Was, you you watch the Snoop video, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I was like, just drop it, man. Drop it. Anyway, this is episode 46. This is the other room podcast live and direct from BKK Thailand. And the we are your host. My name is Joe, aka Authority. My name is Anthony. 